0: Jcastnetwork.org.
1: Welcome to Daily Daf Differently. My name is Rabbi Abby Soslin. Today we are learning Daf Yud Gimel in Masachat Zuka, page thirteen. Sometimes we are learning that the Gemara feels a little bit disorganized. It can be almost like a word association game. It's hard to follow why certain things appear on the duff. One minute we'll be discussing one thing, the next moment it feels like we're in left field. And trying to trace back the ideas can sometimes be tricky. At times, the connection is thematic. The editor of the Gemara will bring in an idea which is tied to the previous idea, or a quote which is tied to the previous quote. At other times, the Gemara will bring different rulings of the same rabbi, even though they may have very little in common. Remember that this is an oral tradition, and anything that might help to jog the memory for the learner is useful. I have heard many different stories told about the great scholars of the generation who knew the whole Talmud by heart. Evidently, the story is told about the great professor Shaul Lieberman at the Jewish Theological Seminary, who knew the entire Talmud by heart, and he kept his books, his shas, on the very top shelf of his library, because he rarely needed to look at a daf of gemara. Only when a student would come into his office and either make a mistake in his learning or have a question, would Professor Professor Lieberman have the student climb a small ladder to get the masechet from the top shelf. I love that idea that he never even needed to look at his gemara. And so the different ways of remembering where things are, are helpful, even though they may seem disorganized to us. They actually, ironically, help to organize the Talmud. So a kovetz, a collection that brings together several rulings of the same rabbi, is the kind of thing that can help. Even if the rulings are on completely different subjects, they are connected because they're taught by the same amora. So on our daf today, it might seem at first that there is a strange interlude about Maror on Pasach, but actually the connection is simple. Rav Chizda is teaching in the name of Ravina Barshila. And since the last teaching was the same source, the Gemara puts the next teaching here as well. So I want to focus today on this second teaching by Rav Chizda in the name of Ravina Barshila. Amar Rav Chizda, Amar Ravina Barshila. Hane mirarita de agma adam de a person may fulfill his obligation to eat maror on pesach with this different kind of maror called mirarita de agma the maror of the marsh in the discussion in Masachet Psachim, you'll remember, there were uh, five types of maror that we were told were permitted to be used for the mitzvah of eating bitter herbs. One of these is just called maror. And here on Ardaf is a type of bitter herb, Rashi says that it's a type of lettuce, that has the name maror, but has another name attached to it. It's called maror of the marsh. Does this count as maror? According to Rav Chizda Amar, Ravina Barshila, it works. But the Gemara brings in a Mishnah, which challenges this idea. Metave. Metave is the technical term the Gemara brings when it is bringing a Mishnah to challenge the previous thing, or a Tanaitic text. a Ahesap. The Torah prescribes this azov in a variety of different contexts. We used it to apply blood to the doorpost before we left Egypt, and it is put into the purification water and into the burning of the red heifer, the para adima. So, azov velo azov lavan. You can use regular hyssop, but not white hyssop. Velo azov kochali, not blue hyssop. Velo azov midbari not desert hyssop, below Azov Romi, Roman Azov, below Azov, sheyeshlo shame Levi. And no, you may not use any Azov with some sort of shame Levi, uh, modifying name. This shame Levi, this modifying name, changes the regular hyssop, which the Torah prescribes. The modifying name changes the thing. Just as Cotton is different from cotton candy, it's a completely different thing. Or red pepper is different from black pepper, one is a vegetable, one is a spice. These different types of hyssop are completely different species. Amar abaye. Kol shenishtana shmo matantara, uvatatara v'hikpida aleha biyadua lo shem levi anything whose name was modified before the giving of the Torah, and then the Torah came and was careful to name that thing, it is already known that this item has a modifying name. So the Maror of the Marsh, the Mararita D'Ama, according to Abaye was, Abaye, was already known as Maror at the time the Torah was given. But these different kinds of azov, the different kinds of hyssop, were all named after the Torah was given, and therefore, each item represents a different species. I find this discussion absolutely extraordinary. How could the rabbis possibly know that the Mararita de Agma, the Maror of the Marsh, was already so named when the Torah was given, and that the different kinds of azov were not so named so Rashi explains that we know these other names for Azov are completely different species. That seems to make more logical sense. But he also says, Hikpida Rahmana, that God was careful to mention only plain Azov. How could Rashi know this? God was also careful to mention Maror. We never hear about Maror of the marsh in the Torah. I spent a good amount of time trying to find commentators or even modern teachers who spoke about this idea. And actually, no one that I found even commented. No one seems to have found it strange that the rabbis are talking about what species were around or were so named before the Torah was given. Unbelievable to me that the rabbis of the Talmud and later generations weren't troubled by this they really understood that some species are so ancient that their names actually precede Matan Torah. Within this collection, this maze of logic and reason and different kovetzim, different collections of rabbis and rabbinic ideas, lies a core sense in the Talmud that the world as we know it has been around for millennia. This kind of maror, the rabbis are saying, oh yeah, it was called that before the Torah was given. And this kind of ezov, this kind of hyssop plant, was not. Looking at the natural world in this way means that for the rabbis, every single plant and species has a history that either connects it or does not connect it with Torah and with the history of the Jewish people. But this also speaks to an ancient tradition of language that even the names for some of the species that we know predate the Torah as well. What a statement of continuity that is. For the rabbis, this sense of the unbroken, continuous history of the natural world and of the language we use to describe it is a given. It's not even worth commenting on. It is all for them of a piece with the continuing tradition of Jewish learning. We are literally just a link in a long chain of a long chain of people who have been eating maror or trying to find different kinds of azov. People who have been fulfilling these mitzvot since the beginning of Jewish time. And for them that is completely a given until tomorrow.